We believe you have a story to share. For 2,000 years, humankind has believed in the power of story. In healthcare, we're finding ways to better heal those who are in front of us. Join us as we explore healing stories now. Welcome, everyone, again to an episode of the Healing Stories podcast, and it's my great honor to be with Everett Ogawa, and I have known Everett for many years, uh, probably over 10, and just as we start with all of our healing stories, Everett, I'd, I'd like to ask if you would introduce yourself to the audience. Okay. Um, my name is Everett Ogawa. I uh, am the founder and uh, teacher of a method of structural integration type bodywork called integral bodywork. And uh, I've been doing this type of work for uh, gee, about 28 years now, primarily in Chicago. Uh, although now I, I live in Hawaii and I have a small practice in Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, that's all I've done with them. My life the last uh, 27 or 28 years is this body work. And I had a full-time practice, and uh, I feel quite blessed that I was able to do that with my life. I had the uh, opportunity to meet you, Everett, through another friend. And mm -hmm. I can remember one of the earliest things that you had said to me when I came to you was always come with an empty cup. And I feel like that's what we're doing t tonight is discussing healing and, and your own story with an empty cup uh, because there wasn't anything more powerful than just to be mindful of that's what we bring to each situation. Uh, uh -huh. and, and then all of a sudden there's this unfolding that takes place. When, well, when you do the uh, 10, as you would uh -huh. call them, uh, uh -huh. are there ways that uh, you have found over the years – uh, that really opens up people to what it is that they need to heal in life with these stretches? Um, the 10 is, you know, we have both the body work package and the 10 stretches. Uh, which one are you talking about primarily? The first, uh, let's first talk about the stretches because I've, I found probably over the last 10 years, the method uh -huh. of the stretches and simply uh -huh. opening up the body is uh -huh. a way that people, uh, there's such a craze right now as I see it around uh, yoga and, and these fundamental practices that what you've done is you simplified it to almost 10 stretches. And my uh, wonder is how did you develop that and what is it doing with the body that it just seems to be a very peaceful reality for those who are trying to heal? Okay. See, those 10 stretches, because I do a type of structural integration body work that was uh, transmitted and handed down by a woman named Ida Rolf, who was the founder of Rolfing back in the uh, 60s, uh, she, was a, she was a force. She was a natural genius in working with the body, and she refined these 10 this 10 session process whereby by following the recipe, just like cooking a good meal, if you follow the recipe, it culminates regularly in a tremendous shift in the human structure and how you stand, sit, and lie down. It shifts your skeletal structure, which is no small feat. 
So, uh, you know, I, I was introduced to that type of work. And I, over the years, I have witnessed the incredible value that that process holds for human beings. Um, so when I went through a period of my own life where I was not, excuse me, able to receive a lot of body work myself, which I I have received a lot of body work during my career, but for a, three three years or so, I was out of touch with body workers. So I knew I needed to maintain myself, and I worked to refine these ten. I, I sought out stretches that would address what I have what I have come to understand as the important areas of the body for structural um, to maintain structural integrity and to uh, keep the body good. I uh, worked to refine a system of ten stretches out of my understanding of doing the ten session body work approach for. A number of years you know so it comes directly out of my own experience of what Ida Rolf was handing down as the basic recipe for working human bodies in order to get great structural shift and actually a shift in consciousness it's so, so interesting just, because rolfing mm-hmm. for many people would be a fearful uh integration because there is uh there two there two almost uh, different entities, the one of the stretch, but I feel the the rolfing uh, is part of what the the ten of your sessions uh, are. That uh, people, and having experienced them myself, that uh, it's a it's a whole other uh, reality of incorporation, and probably uh, just talking through a bit of what you have found in your work over all the years with. Um, this technique of body work, uh, it's still, to my understanding, unexplored within the healthcare field. Oh, it, yeah, totally. It's, and it's unknown to the general public. It is generally, you know, among the, among the initiated, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's known, uh, especially um, body people, they've kind of heard about it, body practitioners, but our particular brand is uh, unusually how shall I say, unusually intense and unusually effective beyond what most people think is possible for human beings. Uh, It opens up body, mind, and um, energy and consciousness to, in a way that uh, is very hard to come by through other methods. So this is what we do. It's all we do. We're constantly exploring the frontier of how to work towards the evolution of human consciousness by using the body as a gate or a gateway. You know, the body can be used as a concrete thing. Uh, working with your mind is very difficult because the mind is not solid and it's so transient, but the body is more concrete. And we have found that by working in, you know, along certain well, in certain ways with the body, you can access consciousness, the, the growth of the individual and the evolution of human consciousness. We're constantly exploring that frontier, how, how to make that increasingly possible. And that is, to us, that is the nature of, you know, big healing for people. Because once you have trauma, you cannot go back and fix the past. 
you know, that's impossible. You can't go back in time and redo the trauma. So the only way for us is to access the trauma that's being held in every, in every cell of your body. I mean, it's a whole body phenomenon. Your body is impacted by trauma. And uh, the work or the game is to get access to that with your awareness, become consciously aware of it. And when you bring enough awareness to it, it begins to release from your body, from your cellular tissue, from your uh, energetic field. And so it brings deep, deep change, deep release, deep change, deep freedom. This is what our work is about. And Everett, you are so aware of being with the human person as they release this trauma and carrying trauma is very apparent in so many different ways when you're interacting with the human being. Uh, even those who are listening now, they might not even be conscious that they've suffered a trauma um, right. or, or how yeah. they've put mm -hmm. that into their body and they carry it. I mean, you are, are so aware of even when you're in the presence of someone, if they're carrying a trauma and how to help them release that, which I think is a phenomenon that a, a good majority of people in our world need. Well, you see, life is trauma. Yeah. <laughs> in my book, life is trauma. So everybody's holding trauma from their life that, you know, they may be aware of a small portion of it or major traumas they've had. But basically, a lot of life is traumatic. And so it's held. Those memories are held in your body, in your tissue, in your cells. It's held in there until conscious awareness is brought to it in which case it begins to release. Uh, if you gather too much trauma, uh, it begins to cloud consciousness. And so, you you know, the ideal situation is to be able to release as much trauma as possible going forward in your life because it brings clarity, clarity to your being and it, it opens up your consciousness to further, to further evolution so that you can really grow because it's hard to grow when you when you're bogged down with a lot of heavy, um, heavy memories, heavy baggage in your body and your mind. It, it just it just um, clouds the whole your sense of being. You know, when you're really clear, and everybody's been in really clear places. Just just think of that. How good you felt when you when your consciousness, when your body, mind, and spirit were clear. It's a whole different ballgame. Life looks different when you're clear. And, you know, in relationship, as you teach and as you have guided me, there is this need for clarity so that you can be fully alive with the partner mm -hmm. uh, that you are with in your life or whomever you are interacting with in the day. And oh, yeah. that's really part of the, I think, the struggle that we have with our own families, our own partners, our own people at work is how can I become clear so that I can be my authentic self? Right. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, and one of the things deal. you teach and, and you've taught me is to let it go through you. 
I wonder if you could explain a little of that concept because that's really helped me in over the years uh, in your teaching to me uh, to not uh, almost to be aware of how you let things uh, go through you rather than you retain them. This could be some conversation at work. It could be a family um, experience, but learning how to not uh, have it in you for too long, I think is a significant uh, skill you teach the human being in life. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a lifetime practitioner of uh, meditation, um, primarily Zen meditation, and um, and I've explored yoga and a lot of the Eastern and Asian um, disciplines, martial arts. You know, the whole, all those experiences are based on the fact that uh, everything is in the present moment, and but the mind, our minds. Uh, tend to latch on to our experience. And when they latch on, instead of keeping it fluid, everything you latch on to gets stuck in your body and it gets stuck in your consciousness. And that's what clouds the picture. So the discipline, and it takes practice, it takes discipline, is to train yourself to let go of your experience moment by moment by moment in your life. And, it, you know, it's a long process of training and it's a deep training and it's not easily accomplished you have to apply yourself but it can be done it's mind training so that you don't hang on to your experience and you don't form a story about your life because when you get a story going and you add add experiences onto it you know oh this experience happened to me it's affected me and you make a whole all these things add up to a big story about your life. That is not a true process because you're being born in and <laughs> being, I don't want to say die, but you, you're coming into existence and out of it every moment. If you look at your experience, there's nothing solid, really. And so hanging on to stuff is, is illusory. It makes you think that, you know, those things are real. They're not once they happen, they're gone. Mm. And, and the, if you want to stay freer and clearer, you, you have to learn to not grasp onto your life experience. Hold it lightly. Hold it lightly or let it go. You know, and then, then you can move forward lighter and clearer. That's true. But it takes practice. It takes discipline. Yeah, the practice even of sitting in yes. a meditative poses you've taught me and to stay in that and... Uh, have your, you know, almost, I remember you teaching me that it's like having a string and you're pulling up your head and then trying to keep the breath straight. And literally it's almost as you've taught me four breaths in and out and trying to do that uh, can be some of the hardest things in life to breathe in and breathe out <laughs> sitting, right? I mean, yeah, it's a very, you know, it takes, it takes practice and application. You have to really be motivated. Yeah. And, and it takes time, you know, you've been, I mean, to wear away those natural, those tendencies that you, every human being has to wear them away through practice. That takes time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can even, yeah. I think to myself, uh, some of my best friends, and when I talk to them about sitting and they kind of laugh and are like, what do you mean? You want me to sit and you want me to breathe? I mean, what am I supposed to do? And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there is something, and I don't know if what your opinion, I'd be interested on this is we do so much yoga 
and yet there is little time for sitting. And the sitting itself, and even I remember you teaching that after the 10 stretches, the, the best pose is the is Savasana or the, the one where you're lying mm-hmm. down. And that's just at mm-hmm. a state of rest and how hard that is for us uh, going through all these Eastern kind of things to get to the place where I'm just in my sit. I'm, I'm just practicing that. And that's the hardest piece. I mean, you could put your head behind or you could put your foot behind your ear and you're still not achieving what I think you're asking the human consciousness to do, which is to to be with the breath. To be with the breath and, uh, yeah, and just to keep keep working to um, be present in the moment instead of building up a uh, building up a story about your life and just using all these practices to add on to your self image and, Oh, I'm a, I'm a great yogi. Oh, I can get into this pose. You know, oh, I can do this difficult pose. Uh, yeah, you know, that's all well and good, but, uh, can you, can you be still, can you be still within yourself for any length of time? Because in the stillness is silence. And that is a rare quality. It's actually in the silence that you're in touch with the living universe rather than in your thoughts. That's beautiful. What did you tell me is the toughest yoga in life? Marriage. Marriage. Yeah, you want to see a heavy... You want to see a tough pose... Try marriage. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is that was told to me by one of the most dynamic women yogis in the world in her time about 15, 12, 15 years ago. This woman named Anna Forrest. She was fear fearless and she she was fearful, not fearful. She brought a lot of fear into uh, people who tried to keep up with her because boy, she was an Amazon. She told me, hey. You know, after all her training and all her experience with doing yoga and for not being a phenomenal yogi, she said she still that that yoga marriage is the greatest yoga, and she she still she was on her second marriage, and she she was still working with that one. <laughs> I love that. That's like, I told that to a couple of friends, and they're like, "Oh, great! I I don't have to get on the mat." I said, "No, you still got to get on the mat, but you got to know what is really the hardest pose." Um, yeah, you, you yeah. know, one of the a couple of things that um, I have been thinking about, and one is uh, the whole way that the body tremors, and mm-hmm. uh, I think yeah. it's probably going to lead me to seek out uh, our our friend who taught us the TRE. But could you talk a little bit about that uh, concept of the body tremoring and yeah. getting mm-hmm. rid of the trauma? Because I, I do think that that's a very a simple mechanism that people can try at home oh, yeah. or they could really get going oh, yeah. on um, that, that really would help us as a, as a human race. Yeah. So, you know, when, I mean, it's a, it's a natural instinct that has been encoded in our systems at a very basic level, not up in the intellectual levels. It's a very kind of, um, uh, how shall I say, you know, natural instinctual level uh, in each person and there's a response where the body starts shaking okay it's it's called tremoring in, in 
tra trauma release work. The body literally starts vibrating and shaking, and the shaking can vary from gentle to violent. I mean, it can get big, okay? But when your body is in that condition, it's actually shaking up. Uh, that shaking is releasing the holding of the trauma in your body because it's it's held in every tissue. It's held tightly. And when the body shakes like that, there's a loosening process that begins to happen at, in all levels of the body. And when that happens, the trauma, which is energetic, I mean, it all comes down to energy, that stuck energy that was implanted in the cellular tissue by the trauma has a chance to get shaken up, it loses its grip on the tissue, and the, the energy begins to release from your body and from your energy field. It has to release from the body in order to release from the energy field. And invariably, you will feel the effects in your body. You will feel lighter, clearer, freer. You know, all these good things happen when you allow your body, once you activate a shaking, when you allow it to proceed, when it finally subsides, you will feel lighter, clearer, and um, what was that last word? I said freer. Those three, three things you will feel invariably. It's and so over time, if you want to work with that kind of process, which the TRE is that type of process, it's seven simple exercises you can use to physically get in touch with that shaking response in your body. It's very simple. Mm -hmm. But using that kind of method over time, you can clear a lot of, lot of trauma from your tissue mm -hmm. and it's very important if you're going to work with the trauma to work with it at a body level we always say trauma is not out until it's out of your tissue out of your body and just working with your mind is not enough you know you have to get it because it's being held in every cell of your body you need to access it at the body level yeah you know i okay. even noticed uh, ever doing this morning's uh, routine and doing a little of uh, the TRE and the release that can come. It doesn't mean that you're in an accident or you're uh, in a war. It could be simply a three day series of meetings. And, exactly. and you need to release. Very traumatic. Very traumatic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, I find you're presenting or you're in the midst of a lot of energy in the room and you're taking on that energy. I think yep. this would be a very good tool for those who do have to be leaders to learn oh, yeah. because you really, you spend so much time receiving people's energy that you have to learn yep. how to let that go. Exactly. If you want to maintain some clarity so that you can function at a higher level, that's a necessity. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, but you know, very few people have that understanding and much less any technique to regularly get them to release so they can stay clearer, mm -hmm. which is, you know, there needs to be a lot of public education out there, okay. lots of it. One of, the, one of the things over the years you and I talk about are, are different uh, people you're reading. Uh, I know Saiguru is someone that you and I have talked about. I, I imagine a lot of people don't know about him or are, are well, aware. Saiguru, yeah. But mm -hmm. what, what is it about him? And I imagine if you could just uh, speak a little bit about him and how he's impacting you. Wow, you're going to give me the opportunity to talk about Saiguru? Yes. <laughs> well, that's truly amazing. Um, you know, Sadhguru is a yogi, a mystic, a visionary from India. 
And, uh, you know, I have been involved in, in, uh, you know, consciousness work, I guess you'd call it, how to work towards the transformation and evolution of consciousness. I've been involved in this since I was about 13 years old, 13 years old when I started my first martial arts class. And, uh, I mean, I'm a professional in the field for these last uh, 30 years. But when I heard Sadhguru talk, on YouTube videos when I first came across him, my jobs, my job pretty much dropped to the floor because everything out of his mouth was what I have come to regard as uh, truth, as the true condition of human being, you know, a body, mind, spirit, energy, and its connection to the universe. I mean, Sadhguru, I'm just speechless when I listen to him. I can't even form words because there's nothing to come back about. You just say, okay, <laughs> okay, he's telling it like it is. And it's been such an education. I mean, it's been wonderful for me to uh, listen and learn and understand and appreciate that there's somebody out there who's, you know, at the pinnacle of human develop- development and experience. I mean, I don't know anybody who can speak about those levels of human existence like Sadhguru. So, you know, and he's a yogi. He has many, many techniques to help people move along a track towards uh, increased sensitivity, increased perception, and uh, a deeper sense of spiritual connection to the universe. You know, he has tons of techniques. And uh, he himself, he has the experience. When he talks, he's speaking from his experience. He's not speaking from what he read. He's actually experienced everything. So, you know, there's no better teacher than that, than somebody who's actually experienced what he's teaching about. One of the things that uh, you've you've helped me know is you can access this online uh, on oh, yeah. YouTube. And he's also traveling around. I mean, we were going to try and meet up in Philadelphia, I think, yep. uh, when, yep. when he's here. And uh, it, it is interesting because I think when we look at healthcare. Uh, some of these healers of the world have not fully been engaged or integrated into these large, large systems of health and trying to understand what they provide, especially from, you know, a standpoint of a much more inclusive workforce who is uh, from uh, parts of India and and those things and, and not just looking for a fad. I think that that's what's hard right now is, you know, how do you find the guides that are authentic? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, this seems to be one, I mean, one that we've been talking about and trying to think about. And um, I think it's really good to be out there in dialogue with these types of healers in the world, because if we are healers, we want to have stories that uh, have other people who are good dialogue partners as healers too. Yeah, and like, you know, uh, a person's lineage, where they've been, where they've trained, especially received their their training in their healing method or their spiritual uh, understanding, their lineage is one of the few things you can look to to judge, to discern whether this person is for real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, so I would just recommend you take a take a look at people's lineage of where they've been and what, what that says about them. It, there was another... The same, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, and, and just as a 
side note to that, on YouTube, you can go look up videos of Sadhguru at Harvard, at MIT, at Yale, at Oxford. You know, he's he's gone to all these big institutions of um, education and medicine, and he, they they have full one hour talks of him him on there, and you can you can just listen to your heart's content and see how he frames all of all of those issues. One of the things you use is music, and I've always been struck by the you you've given me uh, Taize, uh over the years, and then just a mercy kind of prayers. How did you come to understand these rhythmic ways of music? I know you use that when you're doing the body work, but even for people out there, just to know that there's some tones of healing. Uh, I've always been Everett. I you listen to the CD you got me probably once a week in driving to work um, and just the rhythmic kind of mercy uh, language and, and understanding of the rhythm of Taize. Uh, but that would be something I, I'd be interested in. And even the person who uh, he plays a flute, I was going to try and find him in Hawaii that, uh, uh, you know, he, I think he was a, a, a mechanic. Um, but these sounds are, are very powerful. And, and if you could just talk yeah. a little bit about that. Well, uh, yeah, I, I just recently began doing a classic yoga meditation, which involves chanting the three syllables with which um, in yogic science, the, they feel these are the three basic sounds of the universe. Every sound, every sound and every object in existence is a manifestation of these three syllables. And it's ah, ooh, mm, ah, ooh, mm, um. And so I recently started doing that. The ancient yogis refined the understanding of sound, vibration, and how to use sound and vibration for maximizing uh, human development and human existence, for maximizing perception and sensitivity and all of this so um i would encourage anybody who's interested to um, actually Sadhguru has a bunch of videos on youtube about sound and uh, vibration and it's a great place to jump in and listen to how he talks about the ancient understanding of these sounds uh, and how they how they work work how human beings can work with them for healing for evolution one thing that I know you used a lot too was um, witch hazel, and uh, <laughs> you use sage, uh, and, and I know you use water. And to me, you use the elements, which I think is another thing that Sadhguru talks about. And that to me has stuck too is we have these at our disposal, and sometimes they're not always understood. I mean, you cough up things. And you need to yeah. clear the air. And it's interesting right. because even uh, when uh, Allie was working in the industry with a lot mm -hmm. of chemicals, she knew to oh, spray, yeah. spray the clean water around. Uh, 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 you know, and, and I always was struck by your ability to use modalities because you, in a sense, are are being affected by the toxins that are coming out of these people that you're working with and i don't think we think about that in healthcare how much if you're really engaging the body 
and the body's releasing that you have a propensity to suck that into your own consciousness, even into your body. Exactly. That's why a lot of, I mean, this is my understanding. That's why a lot of um, psychotherapists, as time, as the years click by, they get very um, impacted by their bodies. In their minds, they begin to have all kinds of problems, physical, mental, all kinds of stuff, because basically all they do is sit in a room with people who are, you know, sharing their guts, yeah. all their problems, day in, day out, and they, they're they not taught any maintenance routines for self-care, anything like that. There's not even any rec- recognition of the big energy transactions that go on between client and therapist in those types of situations. And believe me, there, there's treme- if, if a client gets a tremen- has a tremendous session, they've let go a lot of energy yes. in that session and the, the therapist is is open to all of that. He he goes home holding some of that in his system, mm-hmm. and without clearing that over the years, oh, it's not a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've worked with a number of therapists who, by the time they found me, their bodies were racked with pain. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, and they were not in good condition. Well, and that's so, that. That's the great uh-huh. uh, gift you bring to the world, Everett. It's a gift you brought to me is to know that uh, we can go through life and heal the world. But if we aren't healing ourselves, if we're not releasing, then we're not going to be able to keep going. And I remember you even saying that with Mother Teresa, who's someone who I bring with me and try and engage all the time, that you know she had to learn how to let this go. Um, and that was what you were inviting me and others to do was to learn how to love at a tremendous consciousness that isn't always understood. And, uh, I, I'm very grateful for that because you, you, you taught, you're teaching the world how to continue to restore themselves in, in this restorative, uh, integrative body work. Well, you know, if, if you're into healing, if you, if you're not taking care of yourself in the process, who are you really working i mean who are you really i mean what healing are you really working towards you're not even taking care of yourself how is how are you supposed to affect other people mm-hmm. you know first take care of yourself otherwise you'll never be able to take care of anybody else heal anybody else that's that's our understanding well that's yeah. a that's it's a the, great it's great the classic place. physician heal thyself thing, that's right, right. That's exactly yeah. what it is. And I think uh-huh. that's one of our biggest fractures right now is how to give people who are healers a sense of how to heal themselves and that it's a deep practice. And it's a practice that uh, we need to keep engaging others with or, or else we're just not going to be able to uh, help people. And Yeah, I mean, healing, health care is a, is a lifestyle. If you're a practitioner, you have to realize you've committed to a lifestyle which involves self-care as well as other care. If you're not taking care of yourself, what are you doing? You know what I mean? I do. If ever, so, if people wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Uh, they could go one way to get a little, little, little uh, background about what we do. And then to contact me too, is go to our website, um, www.integralbodywork.com integral body work one word integral bodywork.com and uh, yeah, check us out and uh, there's a contact form in the back you can email me that'd be great 
I really, I really invite people uh, to explore and to understand. And uh, one of the great symbols that you will find as you go to that site will be a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah, and uh yeah. that is the great sign so thank you Everett. thank you for taking the time and i, I really appreciate it and uh, even as we've come uh, with an empty cup i'm sure that it's full now <laughs> well i'm honored that you uh, invited me to take part in this part oh, thanks, so thank Everett. you very much you okay? okay time heals all wounds join us for our next episode of healing stories 